The morning after one of my daughter's weddings in September 1998, I was sitting in a coffee shop at the Oxford Hotel in Denver with a friend, waiting patiently for someone to take our breakfast orders. We were soon approached by a young blonde American woman, probably in her early twenties, dressed in traditional light-coloured Muslim clothes which hid her hair, her entire body to the ankles, and her arms in long sleeves. Her face was uncovered, and she offered no smile. Her eyes were downcast, and she would not meet mine as I looked at her. I involuntarily tensed all over and glanced behind her, sweeping the room for something or someone. I soon spotted a dark, slender, serious man from the Middle East sitting alone at a table on the far side of the cafe. He watched the waitress's every move, waiting for her to slip up in what could be interpreted as flirting or looking at a male customer. I immediately knew what was happening to this girl, and my anger was building to such a level that it was difficult to control my instant reactions. I wanted to jump up out of my seat and drag the waitress out of the cafe. With every muscle in my body I would shake some sense into her while screaming for her to get control over her life and run out of this man's domineering reach. Where was her self-esteem, her common sense, and what had caused her to allow this person to control her every thought, move, and personality? Memories from my own life flooded back into my thoughts, and I could not stay in the cafe any longer watching this scene of domination and humiliation. After this incident at the Oxford Hotel, after this incident at the Oxford Hotel, my desire to write about my seven-year marriage from 1967 to 1976 to a Muslim man from Pakistan became paramount. This book is also written for my twin daughters, so that they might begin to understand what happened to cause me to marry a man from the other side of the world, and some of the reasons I divorced him when they were still very young. It is difficult to write about these years in my life. I have tried to forget the pain my seven-year marriage to this man caused me. In fact, during most of these years, I have been afraid to write anything concerning my Muslim husband. I was afraid of what Ali could do to my daughters, afraid of his anger, afraid of his relatives, afraid of his religion. When my daughters were very young, I learned how to use a pistol and took shooting lessons from a police captain I had met in Colorado. Since that time, I have always owned guns and keep one or more in the house at all times. I spent the next four years dragging my memories out of my brain, writing and rewriting about those years and beyond, when I was terrified he would steal my young daughters and take them to Pakistan. I wrenched each incident, each lesson and experience out of the depths of my mind where I had hidden them. I had wild dreams and sleepless nights during this period, but felt that it was important to put these experiences on paper. I wanted desperately to help other women who might flirt with the possibility that they could find romance and love from a distant land with the handsome men who were so intense about life and religion. This was the reason for creating The Punjabi's Wife and wanting to have it published. My own experiences with a Muslim happened 32 years before September the 11th, 2001, but I was not surprised when I watched on CNN the two planes hit the Twin Towers in New York City. I had met people who had the capabilities of this extremist behaviour and knew that this act of terrorism was not an isolated incident.